Let's pray. Lord, we are grateful for all that you speak to us, all that you want us to know, how you give us your word to instruct us and inform us and prepare us and help us to know what we are to know and what we are to believe. So, Lord, we just ask that you would open our hearts and minds to fully understand what we have to understand this morning. And we pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. Well, we are still in chapter 24 of the story. Last week, we talked about the Beatitudes and the Lord's Prayer. And there's so much in this chapter that even after today, I will not have fully covered everything. But hopefully, we'll get a good sense of what Jesus is doing, who Jesus is, and how it all impacts us. And so today, we're going to look at the parable of the the sower. And we're going to see how this parable is a, a story about real life. It is a story about your life and about my life. It is a story about the lives of those around us. And so we are, we are going to learn about how Jesus says there are people all around us. There's you and me, and we have hearts that are like soil. And we have the word of God, which is like a seed. And whenever we hear that word or whenever we speak that word, it goes out into our hearts or into other people's hearts. And how are people going to receive it? And so Jesus gives us a a deep understanding of how this works. And so he starts by saying that there's a farmer. And there's a farmer, he's walking along, and he's being generous with his seed. He's not too particular where he sows the seed. He simply throws them out as he goes along. And the first place he throws it is along the path. Now, we see that this path is like a natural road. It's where people walk all the time. And so, of course, because people are always walking on it, the ground is hard. It is beaten down. It is not a place that you would think about sowing seeds to grow things. Now, when you do throw seeds on it, what's going to happen? It's just going to sit on the top of the road, isn't it? It's so hard that the seed is not going to penetrate the soil. Now, if you were to put it in personal terms, it would be the kind of person that maybe has a closed mind. I'm sure you've you've dealt with this before. You've been talking to someone, and as soon as the topic of God comes up, you see their defenses go up, right? You see them get defensive with what you have said, especially if you start to talk about Jesus, right? We live in a society, in a world now, that doesn't like to hear about Jesus, doesn't like to hear about sin, doesn't like to hear about changing their ways. And so you start to talk about God, and this person has a closed mind. They're closed. They are hard-hearted. Maybe it's because something terrible has happened in their life, and they, they blame God. Or maybe it's because they, they're very intelligent, and they have trouble reasoning about how faith can work, and how God and faith all work together, and they just have trouble opening their mind to that. Or maybe it's because they think that they have all that they need, right? And they think, well, I don't need God because I already have what I need. So therefore, you know, I don't need to talk about God. I'm good. Or maybe they have a a shallow mind, someone who doesn't think things through, someone who, who jumps on to the newest craze whenever it pops up. And then after a while, they're like, oh, that didn't work for me. You know, everything's about me. And so if it doesn't work for me, then they just walk away from it. But whatever it is, they don't want to hear about God. It doesn't take too much to understand that this kind of heart is not someone who is ready to accept Jesus. It doesn't take too much thought here to to realize that the seed will not take root 
in their heart at this time. It will just stay on the surface. And that's what Jesus says. The, the seed stays on the surface and the wind comes along and, the, and blows it away. The foot traffic comes along and wipes it out. Or the birds see it on the path and they come down and they pluck it from the ground. That's the kind of person who just doesn't understand. And Satan comes along and takes it away from them. And it doesn't take root into their lives. There's a story of a basketball fan. He was a fan of the Portland Trailblazers. And they were in the, this is a true story, they were in the playoffs, and they had just finished winning a playoff game against the Lakers, and they were flying back to Portland. And so the man dressed up, and he went to the airport, hoping that somehow he could get a, a ticket for the next game. And then he saw over there a scalper, and he got this idea in his head. Ah, he said, I know how I can get a ticket. And so he walked up, and immediately the scalper offered him two tickets to the next game. And the man looked at him, and he said, you know who I am? I'm a plainclothes police officer. I could have you arrested. In fact, turn around. I'm going to arrest you and take you to... No, 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 the man said. I have a family. I have a family. Please, don't arrest me. And the man said, okay, I'll tell you what we do. Just give me the tickets, walk away, and everything will be good. And... You know, don't come back here and don't sell tickets again. And so the man handed him the tickets and walked away. But the man was not a plainclothes policeman. He was just an average man wanting to get tickets. And so he swindled this scalper out of two trailblazer tickets. See, that's how Satan is. He's very deceptive. He comes up to us and he deceives us and he gives, gets us to give him things that we shouldn't be giving him. He deceives us and he takes away the word that comes to us and he keeps us. He keeps people from believing in Jesus, in his craftiness. But there's a second kind of ground, and that is the rocky ground. Now, the rocky ground has some similarities and also differences from the path. It's hard, so not conducive to growing seeds, but it does have some dirt, but not much, right? It's mostly rocks. And so you can imagine that as the seeds are planted... They might start to grow a little bit because there's a little bit of soil, but because of all the rock around it, it is not going to grow well. It's not going to be deeply rooted in the soil. So Jesus tells us this. He says, and read the yellow part with me. Jesus says, this is the kind of man that hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, but it only endures for a while. Do you know anyone like this? Do you know the kind of person that immerses themselves into something and they really get into something, but then it's only short-lived? They don't have any commitment. And so they, they burn out quickly and they, they stop, right? Now, I know we all can have a tendency to, to do this. Sometimes we get involved in something and then it doesn't quite work for us and we stop doing it. But there's some that, that make it a habit in their life that continually do this. They jump, the, jump into something, they get immersed in it, and then they can't keep their commitment. And they don't follow through. And so when it comes to receiving the word of God, they joyfully receive it. They have a desire, it seems, for them to, to want to know it, to, to really want to be a Christian, right? I, they're excited at first. But they don't let God's word root itself in their hearts. And so therefore, it doesn't take root and it doesn't go anywhere. As I said last week, they haven't fully committed their heart to God. You might know some people like this as well. 
that they hear the word of God, they try to follow it, they try to learn it, but uh, in the end, it's not for me. Now, understand, this is not talking about Christians who get so busy in Christian life and church life that they stretch themselves out too thin and then they get burned out. We're not talking about Christians here. We're talking about people who are not yet followers of Christ who hear the word of God, but don't let it take root and therefore don't keep following it. Don't believe in Jesus Christ. See, Jesus really takes us to the crux of the issue here when he says in verse 21, and read the underlined part with me, Jesus says, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution, ar persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. You know, so, so many times people become a Christian thinking, okay, now I have God in my life, everything's going to be good, right? Everything's going to be right, everything's going to be okay. And then persecution comes, and trial comes, and tribulation comes, and like, what? What's going on? This is the same as when I didn't follow Christ. It's not any different. And they say, what good is it if it doesn't make my life easier? And so then they walk away. See, Jesus never told us that the Christian life would be easy. In fact, he told us the opposite, didn't, it? didn't he? He told us that when we followed him, we would be persecuted. Why? Because we go against the ways of the world. And they look at us and they say, why are you not following the ways of the world? And so when we do that, then they start to put us down. Call us names. And then we get persecuted and we feel like, is this worth it? And the answer is yes, it is worth it. It is always worth it to follow Jesus. T.F. Buxton, a British evangelist, once said, with ordinary talent, and read with me, extraordinary perseverance, all things are attainable. We need to pray that the Holy Spirit comes on us and gives us a spirit of perseverance so that we can persevere in those difficult times and then see the wonderful fruit that God bears in and through our lives when we are faithful to him, when we persevere even through the tough times. See, we need to, to think of in this way. Why would we ever want to face the world? Why would we ever want to live this life without Jesus as our Savior and our Lord? The sower continues, and this time he, he sows seed on the thorny and weedy ground. Now, I don't know much about planting. I don't do plants and flowers and stuff like that. But I do know that you should not plant seeds in, in weedy and thorny ground. Now, to give the, the farmer a little benefit of the doubt, what happened to this soil is it got turned over. Have you ever done that? You turn over your soil, but you don't clean it out, or maybe you try to clean it out, but you don't get everything out. So there's still thorns, and there's still weeds in the dirt. And so you plant their seeds thinking that it's good, and the problem is, is that weeds and thorns grow faster than seeds, and so as they grow up together, the weeds and the thorns will, will choke out the seeds and keeping it from being very fruitful. It will inhibit the growth of the seeds. And so Jesus takes us to the next issue, challenging our faith. It was an issue in Jesus' day, but especially an issue in our day. And that is the issue for caring for the things of this world. That so oftentimes we care more about the things of the world than the things of God. Sometimes it's very subtle, right? It just happens a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Next thing you know, you are more concerned about the things of the world, the, the money of the world, the wealth of the world, the position, the power of the world, the material things that we want to attain. We're more concerned about those things than the things of God. And they become more important in our life 
And Satan uses that to, to direct our path away from God, away from the way we should be living, away from the way that God has for us. A number of years ago, there's a show called Extreme Makeover Home Edition. And in many ways, this is a great show, right? They, they come in, they find a family who is poor, who is struggling, who's going through a lot of trials, you know. I mean, you always hear their story, right? It's just heartbreaking what these, these families are going through. And so they come in, this team comes in, and the family leaves, and they redo their house. They make it over. They make it this amazing, wonderful house, right? Things are falling apart. Things are falling down. And they make it all nice and new. And at the end, what happens, right? They come back to their house, and there's just joy and tears and excitement because they have this new house, right? And one Sunday, I was watching this with my family, and I began to think, you know, that's nice. I mean, the house is nice. It's good that they have a good house to live in again. But the problem is, is that it doesn't solve all the other issues in their life. It doesn't solve the core problems that led them to the place where they are now. And so, in essence, they have a false hope, like there's a house that's going to make all the difference in their life. And it doesn't. Because when the problems come back, when the issues come back, the house is not going to take care of those problems for them. And so they find themselves in a similar place. See, in this case, as Jesus is talking about a person, the word of God, the, the truth of God, the, the, the hope of God has is, is come to this person. But this person has a thorny heart, right? Like thorny ground. They still carry the, the pain of the past. They still cover, carry the sin of their past. They're, they're having difficulty getting past their past because they haven't given it over to God. Again, they haven't committed themselves fully to God. They haven't given those things that lead them into this despair or this difficulty. They haven't given that over to God. Their mind hasn't been renewed. And so their enthusiasm as they receive the word of God is there at first, but then the worries and the anxieties and the problems and the stresses of their life comes upon them and chokes out their faith. Now, in the first two illustrations, it was talking about non-Christians, where the word of God comes to non-Christians, and they didn't receive it, and they didn't fully accept Christ. In this situation, it's talking about Christians who have given themselves over to Christ. You know, they've given their heart to God, but they haven't given their whole life to God, right? It's like you have one foot in the world and one foot in Christ, and you're trying to, to straddle this and live your life kind of half in the world and half in Christ. And what ends up happening is that the world pulls them away. The problems of the world, the troubles of the world, the issues of the world, all the thinking of the world pulls them away, and they can't give themselves fully over to God and can't walk fully with God. They haven't given their sinful desires over to God. Lord, take these away. Lord, I give them to you. I don't want to sin anymore, right? They haven't given God their worries. How often do we worry and not trust that God will take care of a situation for us? What is going on in your life that is causing you worry and anxiety? Give that over to God and trust that God will lead you. That doesn't mean that you just sit back and do nothing, but that does mean that you trust. And then God will lead you, and when he opens the doors for you to do something, you do it, but you trust that in the end, God will work it out. 
They haven't allowed the things of God to be more meaningful to them than the things of the world. Do you still have a kind of worldly thinking? Or are you entrenched in the word of God and said, my thinking is on God. My, my whole being, my whole desire is to do the will of God and to honor God with my life. And so these thorns in their life choke out the opportunity for them to grow and bear fruit for God. Now finally, in verse 8, we, we get to the good soil. Now I say finally because if you're like me and you read this passage, you're going after person after person, story after story, where it's just not going well, right? And you're like, why didn't they get it? Why didn't they get it? And Jesus says, because they had you know, a hard heart, because they had a thorny heart, because they... Right? And you're like, oh, why didn't they get it? And your heart hurts because you want to see people receive Jesus. You want to see people have this transformed life. And so finally, we get to the place where we get to the person whose heart is good soil. The person who has a heart of good soil is the one who understands that he or she doesn't have it all together. And they need Jesus to help them. The person who has a good heart, understands that, life that we, the life that we have is not an accident. It is something that has been given to us as a gift. You wake up every day and say, this day is a gift to me from God. I need to use this day. I don't know how many days I have. I might not have tomorrow. But today I have been given a gift from God. Am I going to use it well? Am I going to honor God with my life. It is the person who doesn't let himself or herself get deceived by the many things in the world that seem to be satisfying, and then you go after them, and you realize they don't satisfy you in the end. And you realize, I need Jesus to satisfy me. I don't need the world to satisfy me. We're content in life, and then whatever God brings to us, whether it's a, a spouse or a job or, or whatever it may be, Whatever God brings, it just enhances this joy that God has already put in our heart. It is the person who understands that worry and stress do, not, do no good. In fact, worry and stress actually are negative effects on our health. It is a person who understands that when you are always wanting more, you can never be happy with what you have. And therefore, you will never be happy if you're always wanting and wanting is a person who is willing to believe even when they don't understand, trusting that God knows all things and will work all things out for the good. And when we live in this way, God will lead us to live a, a purposeful, a meaningful, a fruitful life, a life that makes a difference. So what are we to make of this person? Well, Jesus says in verse 23, and read the underlying part with me. He says, As for what was sown in good soil... This is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. It's a person who comes to church and hears a sermon and doesn't go away and say, oh, that was nice, and, and not think through it. It's a person who says, what, what does that parable of the sower mean? How should I apply that to my life? Understands it. Hears the word, understands it, and puts it into application. Jesus actually gives us a, a formula here, um, how our life can be blessed. So first of all, we believe the word of God, right? God has given us his word. We believe that it is the, um, God's word given to us. And then we add to that an understanding. Okay, now I have the words of God. 
if God has given me his word, then I need to understand his word. I need to know what it says. I know what it means for my life, right? So we, we believe it and we seek to understand it. And then you apply it to your life. So if you do these three things, if you believe in the word of God, the word that the Bible is God's word given to us directly from God to us, and we seek to understand it, what does it say? And how is this going to impact my life? How will this change my life? How will this change my living? And I'm going to actually do those things to make that change. Then what will happen is that we will bear fruit for God. We will live a life of purpose and meaning. We won't be feeling like we're just kind of barely making it or trying to make it day to day. We won't feel like we just, why am I here? What is this all about? We won't feel those things. We won't, we won't struggle in that way because we understand that God has a purpose for our life, that each one of our lives makes a difference. There was, uh, in, when I was in Long Beach, I, I taught a class called Alpha. Now, Alpha is kind of a Bible basics class. It talks about all the, the basics, you know, who is Jesus and what is sin and why is there the church and all the basics of the Christian faith. And so I would always meet with my, my leadership team before we did the class. And one of the things we do is we pray for the class, but we also pray for anybody that God maybe wanted us to invite to the class. And then we'd write down on a list the people's names. God, who do you want me to invite to this next Alpha class? You know what's so exciting is that God always gave me opportunity to ask every single person on my list. Now, that didn't mean every person came, but God gave me the opportunity to, to ask those people to come to the class. And it was fun to see some of them actually come to the class, hear the material, and actually come to Jesus and start believing in Jesus. It's a really powerful time. See, the point is, is that God said, plant your seed in these people. Your job is to plant. My job is to grow. Does that make sense? Your job is to plant. My job is to grow. A lot of times we think our job is to plant and grow. And so when the person doesn't grow the way we want them to grow, we think, I'm not doing my job. No, your job is to plant. God's job is to grow. See, no farmer expects that every seed he plants is going to germinate and produce fruit, right? So he, he's generous with his seeds, right? He puts out lots of seeds because he knows that only a portion of those seeds are going to actually grow. And that's what God is telling us to do. What can we learn from this parable? First and foremost, that we need to be generous with our sharing of God's word, generous with God's truth, generous with the understanding of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done in my life and how Jesus can be there for you. Generous about telling people about salvation. It's interesting, when you're a missionary, you know that you're going and your primary purpose is to tell people about Jesus, right? But we're missionaries here too. It's more so ever than, than you know, more so now than ever, right? Our world is not very Christian anymore. And so we are in a huge harvest field. We're many, many, many. You know that, that more missionaries are now being sent to America than America is sending to other countries? <laughs> countries are looking at our, our country and they're saying, oh, America, they're lost. We better see missionaries to them. So they got missionaries coming to America to tell people about Jesus. We should be missionaries right here in our community, right? Jesus says at the end, he who has ears, let him hear. My prayer is that you would hear what I said, even better, what the scripture says. 
and say, I'm going to hear that and I'm going to apply that to my life. I'm just not like going to go in one ear and out the other. I'm not going to say, oh, that was nice and go away. I pray that you would hear what Jesus says to us today, that each one of us knows the truth. Each one of us knows Jesus. Share that with someone. Plant the seed of truth whenever you have the opportunity. Love on people. Support people. Encourage people. Be there for people. And when God gives you the opportunity, share your story with them. Let us pray.